0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?
1: Guys, welcome back to another episode of 3AM Podcast. My name is Charlie. My name is DJ. My name is Sean. Just a group of friends. We tell spooky, fun, scary, true, mostly, stories.
2: Dude, I've only told true stories. Me
1: too. <laughs> uh, yes. Boys, what do we want to start with? We do have a guest in studio. Our boy,
3: 3PM Tristan up? Stevens on on Mung. What is it? Among <laughs> us. Yeah,
1: Tristan's <laughs> among us right now. Uh, if there was a Hall of Fame of 3 p.m. episodes, Tristan is definitely just up there. Or just episodes. Oh. Dude, yes. Throw out all the 3 a.m. <laughs> <Yeah>. episodes. <laughs> yeah. If there was <laughs> I mean, uh, all-stars the of episodes, Tristan is up there for sure. If you haven't <laughs> listened to his episode, go back and listen. It's Tristan Stevens' on Mong Culture. Yeah, he's in the building. What up? Welcome, man.
3: Welcome, welcome,
1: welcome. Uh. Guys, I have an update. I came home from walking Lucy this morning, and guess what was parked out front of my house? No, not guessing. (laughs) You're not fun. This is a podcast, (laughs) you dickhead. Just tell us. Thanks for making things not fun. (laughs) (laughs) Sean, guess.
2: Uh, Was it perhaps a Google Fiber? It was a Google Fiber van.
1: So what did I do? I acted like a very normal human being, adult. And I hid and, and snuck around cars and tried to find the driver because I was going to question. But I think we might be getting Google Fiber. Ooh, nice. Yeah. We shall see. I know that, dude, I just get hundreds of DMs like every day from our listeners. They want to know, like, are you getting it? Do you just get it?
2: <laughs> Is the fiber in your bill? Like, Honestly, that's been our biggest topic for the last like months. So now.
1: I think we're inching closer towards it. I'll let you guys know. But I was very excited. Uh, this week we saw. Is it eight- still free?
3: Google, no. Google Fiber? Or I don't do you have think to so. I think it? you have to like. It used to be free.
1: I think that's because we were, when we lived in Provo, we were part of Google Fiber's like launch. They chose Provo, Utah to launch Google Fiber. And, and like, like and like Austin and like
3: Kansas City. They're like, we're going like, to hook those you those up. Those are the three cities. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're going to give
1: the whole city free internet and it's good internet. It was awesome. I don't think it's free. I think you have to subscribe, but I don't know. Oh, we'll it find sucked. out. Uh, this week, the boys and some friends went and saw A24's new film. Men. (laughs) Thoughts on men. Guys, do you have thoughts on men? Love them. Love men. Yeah. Some Some of the dopest people I know are men. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Uh, At one point in the film, DJ audibly screamed, and all of us sat up in our chair and looked over at him. Do you know what part I'm talking about? Yeah, bro. Okay, we can't spoil it. I don't think
2: this This detail is not a spoiler. specific detail isn't a spoiler. Okay. At one point, there I is have a never, very. I've
3: never in my life responded to this movie like the way I did in the theaters. It was like, oh, <laughs> I like screamed out loud in theaters. Uh, it's like one of those reclining chairs, so my legs are the up. luxury seating. I bring <laughs> my I bring my knees to my chest and I plug my ears <gasps> and I close my eyes and I'm like. Trying to like cover my ears, cover my eyes at the same time for like two or three minutes straight. Never
1: had that reaction ever. And real quick, it's like nails on a chalkboard for some people gets like a visceral reaction. Physically. Yeah. For me, it's (laughs) it's when and I'm dude, don't tell anyone. If you hear this, don't tell anyone and don't use this against me. I'll freaking pinch the shit out of you. When uh, when someone takes their fingernail and they take a piece of paper, and they pinch it and they go,
3: oh, to crease it.
1: I don't know why creasing it. That makes me want to die. So how do you how
3: do you crease your paper? How do you you fold your paper? Paper
1: airplanes, dog. Bro, I pinch that shit all the way across. (laughs) I can't. You crimp your paper airplane. Yeah, with the nails, (laughs) or I grab a pen. Even the pen, and I use the pen. Anyway, that's not the point. Some people have different triggers. I know of someone who will physically throw up if they see wet paper.
2: Oh, yeah. What the? They
1: will throw up if they see it. DJ has a trigger. At one point in this movie, movie.
2: (laughs) there's a very abrupt instance, (laughs) literally out of nowhere, of An ankle just being snapped. (laughs) A character walks around the corner
1: and takes a step forward, and just like all the way on an ankle, the ankle turns ninety degrees, and you hear the crunching of celery (laughs) as his like ankle bone shatters, (laughs) and then he
3: continues to walk on it, keeps
1: walking on the broken ankle, like
3: (laughs) (laughs) DJ freaked out. I look to the side,
1: and everybody in our party. Looked at me just laughing. All six of us were staring at DJ, like (laughs) whimpering in his chair. Uh, Yeah, it was intense. The movie, uh, what'd you guys think about it? Because from what I've heard, Sean was telling
2: us, so many people got up and walked out of the theater. I was watching a lot of reviews, and there was a lot of people who were walking out of theaters. And it was generally for the last act of the film. And you know what? I can understand why. I can also understand why. It's not everyone's cup of tea. Yeah. It was it was I the first like 75% of this film was a great horror movie in my opinion. Me too. It was just gripping and kind of terrifying. The tension was high. So you, you the whole time you're like Ooh. And then the last 25%, it takes a 90 degree turn into just weird. I would say like bizarre and shocking. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where people were walking out. It
1: felt like a like a bad psychedelic trip. You, <laughs> you have to ex- uh, expect that though from a twenty four. Yeah, a twenty yeah. four because that's 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 what they do. <laughs> so so DJ showing us a meme and it's two freaky hoes like licking each other and it says a twenty four and weird shit and someone in the corner just watching them all happy
2: <laughs> and that's us.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's ac- accurate. Uh all in all I thought it was a really fun movie. I would if you're into horror and especially A24 if you like any A24 yeah go see it. But if you're expecting a not insanely disturbing movie don't go see it. <laughs> yeah,
3: if you watch the trailer you can already tell like going in I knew there's going to be like strong overtones of uh like social commentary. I mean that's not a bad thing. It's just I I feel like I knew what I was getting into with itself just have a, I guess that expectation or none
2: or none. Yeah. If you (laughs) go in with zero expectations, expectations.
3: is it like hereditary creepy? You'd say,
2: um, no, no, I would say hereditary is, is a scarier movie. I would say so too. This movie was intense. Like I said, for that first 75%, not even the first 70, like you gave, you like 10%, the first 10% is chill. Then after that to about 75% is like the scary movie. Here's the thing. It's, it's just different
3: genre to me. Like it's thriller, but the sub genre of it, like hereditary is more demonic. Whereas this one is just a uh, very, very creepy, especially uh, for, for disturbing, disturbing for, for women, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the genre. Yeah. <laughs> Disturbing for women genre. Yeah.
1: And it's like a social commentary on like the that. W- women dealing with misogynistic.
2: Toxic masculinity.
1: Yeah. Uh, like traits or scenarios or dealing with that. And so it's like a woman interacting with characters who are exhibiting like the worst aspects of that.
2: Yeah. Anyway. Go and watch it. But
1: very interesting. I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I give it three broken ankles
2: out of five <laughs> Four broken, broken ankles. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, guys, there was an amazing discovery oh, this shit. month: Agartha, Hollow Earth. No, Are the, is it real? Is it not? Who knows? Yo, is this the article? But it could be. Yeah. Okay. It's uh, it's it's from a. I was I was, in, I was in, on in, the Onion. Don't I read it? No, I was introducing it. Oh, okay, you interrupted. A Garza. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Uh, they found a massive sinkhole in southern China that has a literal rainforest in the bottom.
2: That's wild. Like
1: huge. And they did. They had no idea it was there. They discovered it on May 6th, so like tw- 20 days ago or something like that. Yeah, I don't know very recently. Way recent. Do you want to read a little bit and show us the photos?
3: So we're just uh, – yeah, yeah. So the, uh, the reputable source is Live Science.
1: I asked you. I had an NPR one lined up and stuff. What? I, bro, you all defensive. I meant it. <laughs> it was on the onion. The title
3: is giant sinkhole with a forest inside, uh, with giant forest inside found in China. Species unknown to science could be hiding in this gaping hole.
1: So show the, show the photo for chat. And then later, if you're just listening to this, head over to our IG. We'll have photos up. But this is under the earth. This is in a
2: cave. This is so wild. Like, how does how does like this exist? Like, do they just not is get, it, give a care about photosynthesis? Is it that wild, though?
1: <laughs> they just found shit in a hole? No, it's massive, though. It's a big hole. Shits in massive <laughs> holes don't
3: exist <laughs> elsewhere?
1: It's, it's like, like, like one this. of those kids are like, not can you like dig this? a not. hole to the United States? Hold on. I, DJ, <laughs> we're trying to be entertaining. It's <laughs> so, like everything we're bringing up, you got to, like, try to make it more fun. <laughs> DJ's like... Well, like, this, is this isn't even scary. It's like, <laughs> you gotta be a good host, dude. No, okay, no, you're just playing the, 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 what's the, what's Devil's the word? Advocate. Devil's advocate. Devil's advocate. advocate. Uh, I think it's crazy because of the scale. <laughs> it has like a literal rainforest in it, and they said there might be like unknown species in there. So that's cool to me. Uh, you're right. If we just found a cave, it wouldn't be cool. But it's a huge-ass cave.
2: I'm still trying to wrap my head around, though, like the <laughs> rainforest. Because, like, legitimately, it exists without the sun.
1: Very odd. Well, there's sections that have, like, sunlight, but there's big portions
2: that don't. Still, yeah. I know. It is, it is crazy. Which gives more credence to the, possi- the probability of Hollow Earth. That's what I'm saying, dude. Dude. They're down there. They are. Uh, It reminds me of "suns
1: dong." You guys ever heard that? Suns dong just makes me think of "suns dong."
2: I don't know. I have a link on the Notion. I don't know. I was just about to search search it. Yeah, don't don't search that.
1: (laughs) You guys never think of "suns
2: dong." Literally, those two words together have never (laughs) crossed my mind.
1: "Suns dong" is not how you pronounce it, but it's how it looks. Uh, is the world's largest cave. Oh, Suns Dong. I see you. Okay. In Vietnam. Sun, Sun Dong Cave. <clears throat> Biggest cave on the
3: planet when measured by cross-section. Dude, it's. what do you f- mean by cross-section?
1: Like from one hole to the other. Like if it's a line. So from this way to this way. Like
2: length. Damn.
1: Dude, have you ever been in any like giant caves before?
2: Yeah.
3: Explored for the first time in 2009. How the biggest thing in the world only found like 12 years ago.
2: Which makes you wonder, what else have we not found, dog? So
1: Rogan had someone up on here on his podcast who actually went through this. And I think if you want to go from like one end to the other, it's like a four-day expedition. That's wild. If, you, if DJ keeps scrolling, like you'll see pictures that kind of show you the scope or scale of it. It's crazy how big this underwater – like do you see on that stalagmite uh, – that little speck is a person. Mm. Crazy, dude. World's biggest cave. Bro, so know. I think they discovered it in 1990, but it was open to the West in like 96 and or whatever. They for still 2004. Only allow a certain amount of people to go through. Yeah. Like only a certain amount of people can go through. You have to like, I don't know. I don't even know Reservations how. Reservations or something. But like check, check some of these photos that kind of show you the scale of this Honestly, place. Honestly,
2: that looks dope.
1: Like the one where they're on boats in the underground river. That's uh,
2: crazy.
1: The world's biggest cave. Before this was what, mammoth?
2: Mammoth caves? Or what's uh, the one in
3: Mexico with like the huge crystals jutting out from everywhere? I,
2: I know that. Oh, oh, I don't know. There's a couple of cave systems that are pretty big. I don't know which is bigger, whether it's mammoth caves in Kentucky or there's Carlsbad Caverns in New Mexico. <laughs> I'm not sure. But like I've been in mammoth caves in Kentucky and it's kind of wild. Can you pull them up? Like mammoth cave. Yeah. It's giant, but like on the tour you're going through it and eventually they'll get to a point where they're like, okay, we're going to turn off all the lights. So just so you can experience the absolute darkness that it is in here. And it's just nuts. So dark. And they continue taking you through these caverns. And there's a couple where it's the, uh, Fat man's agony because you go through like this tiny little area and then there's Dude, the, caves be fat shaming body shaming there's so the, hard then there's like, there's they don't the, give a shit how big they are, the, are. the tall man's anguish where it's gets really short and you got to go through there I could pass both and you get to a place where you cross a bridge and the like the hole that you're going over that they, they said and I was like the balrog lives down there they said it, they did, hadn't reached the bottom.
1: It's the literal mines
2: of Moria. So, like, this also happened, like, 15 years ago when I went through this. I don't know if this is still a thing, but if they haven't gone to the bottom of that, that could be an entrance to Hollow Earth. Agartha, bro. Bro. I don't understand that. How do you not get to the bottom of it? Same as, like, lakes. We got to get to the bottom of this, too. Well, dude, there was another cavern that was discovered in, like, Romania, but it's filled with water, and it's, like, one of the most, like, unreachable places on the planet. I don't get it. Just go down. (laughs) <laughs> like What makes it better? Walk, 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 walk. And it if it's further down, go down. Like, go more down. A go mile more down. down into darkness, like filled with water. And they've sent like drones down into the water, but it still hasn't been reached by like people. Interesting. It's wild. Elon. bro, Elon, we need
1: you. <laughs> we do yeah, need you we need for your, these things.
3: <laughs> we need your submarine.
1: <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> anyway, I thought that was cool. They just discovered that. It's crazy. It like exists near provinces.
2: So it's like people live relatively close to it. Yeah. And they were like, oh, this thing's here. (laughs) It's like, wow. And it really does. It makes you wonder like, what else hasn't been discovered? Yeah.
1: And if a huge ass cave like that was just discovered, dude, obviously Bigfoot is probably out there, dude.
2: Facts, dude. There was a Bigfoot sighting of a, it was actually in a painting by Michelangelo. Yo, I seen that. Bro. It's in
1: like the Sistine Chapel. Yeah. Do you know that there's Bigfoot in the Sistine Chapel? That's proof. Look it up, bro. Sistine Chapel, Big Feet. It's just like Jesus is booling out doing there doing his thing. And, and then in the
2: bottom left corner, Bigfoots. They have
1: Big Feets. So Michelangelo, he knew what was up. He listened at 3 a.m.
3: He spells, he spells
1: Sistine. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's C-I-S-T-I-N-E, Shepel. I don't know. Either big way, foot, that's extra proof right there,
2: dude. Dude, the
1: source of this for me is definitely a TikTok. So, like, <laughs> if this shit ain't real, then my bad
2: dog. No, no, no. I prevent, present all information as is. No research required. Wait, hold on. Click. Go what? up. I'm not seeing.
1: Go down. Going down. <laughs> Just go more down. <laughs> Keep going down.
2: <laughs> okay,
1: <laughs> click on. Let me. Oh, this what, right I'm here? See? <laughs> okay, I w- I'm
3: going to bring it up on the, on the screen. Oh, okay.
2: Uh, go
3: more down. What Going more down. Stop. This one? Yeah. Okay.
1: Oh, be careful.
3: Damn, can we get more pixels?
1: Bro, you told me pick this, <laughs> dog. We'll find it later. We <laughs> can't show boobies. Even if they're painting boobies. Even if they're painted boobies. All right, you know what? Any more openers? I brought up Sun's Dong and big old holes in the ground and whatnot. I think that's it. Yeah. Cool. Guys, you want to get into stories? I'm ready. Let's do it. I'm ready. Okay. Every episode we tell spooky stories to determine in what order we tell those stories. We roll a 20 sided die. Highest number goes first and so on the roll. This show is
3: sponsored by BetterHelp. Have you ever had a relationship that you're proud of? Proud of because you put in the work and the other person put in the work as well. Uh, Didn't have to be perfect, but uh, effort was made. Honest effort. I think it's definitely more rare to have those types of relationships. Uh, The good thing is with with therapy, at least in my experience, uh, that's something I've been able to find. uh, Somebody who invests in me, uh, especially when I invest in myself. And we'd love, love, love for you to experience something similar. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Uh, It's entirely online, designed to be convenient and flexible, suited to your schedule. Uh, Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Uh, Go ahead and visit betterhelp.com slash 3 a.m. today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash 3 a.m.
0: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The
2: numbers. Charles, 16. I got an eight. I got
3: 19, bitch. I'm going first.
2: Just so everyone... uh, Yeah, okay. DJ.
3: We're back in the lawn. (sighs) continues what what
1: happened last time like where'd we leave off
3: i'm gonna call the cops
1: wait what what
2: happened i I knew he got in a fight this was after the fight he told himself he was gonna call the cops and that was the first thing he did when he got home
3: where he said it's
2: time to punch the the bully right Mm -hmm. deserved it well deserved and
3: he gets home and he picks up the phone and he has it in hand and he asks, am I finally ready to do this? Very quickly, his conscience tells him, yes. Resounding yes. Uh, and he remembers thinking about how pissed he was that he waited this long. Because I think at this point, he's been home for a few weeks, a couple months. I don't think longer than two months. Anyway, he's processing during this entire time, trying to uh, find his footing in the world again. But he doesn't ponder on that too long. His... uh he starts uh it's action. He his fingers start moving towards the phone and he dials 911. He answers.
1: Hello, 911 operator. What's your emergency?
3: He starts to describe. They get upset. They say, This is not an emergency. Call this number instead. They hang up on him. 311. They start taking down his information. And he's feeling very impatient. He wants to take, uh, he wants to get this out, you know. And after 10 minutes of taking down his information, they say, wait, this isn't another state? He says, yes. Sorry, we can't help you. He's like, well, can you redirect me to a non emergency like hotline in the state of Maine? Please hold. Starts ringing, starts ringing, starts ringing. And as soon as there's an answer, he doesn't even wait for them to ask any questions. Immediately, he goes, hello, this is an absolute emergency. There is a facility called Elon School located at number five road off of Colbath road. I was a prisoner there who was recently released. And there are hundreds of children there as we speak. Being abused mentally and physically, we are put into a circle called the ring, and we are forced to fight each other. Basic necessities like food and sleep are taken away from us, and all our communication to the outside world is cut off through a switchboard controlled by Ilan. I was just there a month ago, and know for a fact that there are multiple children being held in isolation rooms for months at a time. It is 10 o'clock at night right now, so the children are in the school portion of the day. Please, if you send your officers there right now, you will catch them off guard and you'll see everything I am saying is true. Look for the kids in isolation. Some are hogtied. Some have been locked away for almost a year straight with no excuse me. Why should I believe you? I'm sorry, what? Why would I make something like this up? I'm trying to do the right thing. What would I gain by tell me who you are? I'll decide after. He hears on the other side of the phone. Why does that matter? Kids are being, I ask the questions, not you. Who
1: the hell is this? Dog? Full
3: name, social security, and current place of residence.
1: No. Dude, someone on the inside.
3: Joe writes, This was not going well. <laughs> <laughs> but without missing a beat, I gave him a fake name and fake address from Michigan. Fake social. Larry Barry. <laughs> 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 uh, they they capitalized on the out-of-state address and began sarcastically making comments about how generous he was for entertaining the fantasies of an out-of-stater playing around on his emergency line, meant for the good locals of his community. I asked if he'd ever heard of Elon School. He said, maybe I have, maybe I haven't. And then demanded to know my social security number and date of birth. I had dialed for help with trembling fingers and here I was being treated like the criminal. I angrily hung up the phone. What just happened?
1: Oh, I'd be defeating,
3: super defeated, deflating, super deflating. He includes a picture of this file, like an actual picture of like the manila folder, it's a it's a real fold, photo of a real-life f- file found by people investigating the Elon school years later. And on the manila folder on the little tab where you can write a label, it says former students slash uh, negative posting. So they just kept on file like all the Elon graduates or people associated with Elon who are trying to uh, find justice, bring justice like, do something about it uh, just to feed further into the system. So he ends up saying that, like, I, Joe says, I, I couldn't confirm whether the local police were working with Alon or not for sure, but with this story that I had, like, you do the math, and we'll leave it at that. So after that, obviously, very, 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 very frustrated. Says I need to take a walk. It takes a really long one. So he grabs his hat, pulls it down right over his eyebrows, puts his hoodie over his head, and he talks about how he felt like the sum of two worlds colliding. On one hand, Joe talks about how he just come from, you know, this whole experience in Maine, locked up and told that every single told every single day. That the second that he leaves, he'd be one wrong decision uh, away from being a criminal again. That's what they made the kids out to be. Just these worthless, cold, undeserving souls, uh, these criminals. And then on the other hand, he felt uh, the impact of the world that he re entered a real world where people didn't care about that, even if they did know about it. And uh, they have their own problems, uh, their own injustices that they're trying to fight. So he just doesn't know where to go, what to do. Uh, he's at a crossroads. Uh, by the time he's, he's finish, he finishes his thoughts processing what just happened, uh, he's already in town, which is sounds like it's a long ways away from home. And uh, while in town, he stops at the store he buys a six pack of beer and he's like, I'm underage, but I don't care right now. Walks up to the cashier. Cashier sticks out his hand. He just slaps the cash down. Cashier doesn't ask any questions. He's like, Well, if you're not checking ID, then I'm going to get a pack of Siggies too. Picks that up. And here starts like Joe's uh, somewhat of a spiral into becoming a crazy alcoholic. Or at least having like spouts of alcoholism. Uh, so that night goes on a big bender, buys more alcohol, like smashes all six cans, um, buys more, smacks all the, the the entire pack of cigarettes, and uh, is just out wandering the streets for a couple hours doing just that. Finally makes it home late, late, late at night, and just has terrible dreams. He talks about how he has. Uh, specific nightmares of of Ilan for like an, an almost every night for like an entire decade before they start to taper off. And it's he said it's it starts really heavy this night, and it's like him waking up in the corner again, being yelled at, being hogtied in general meeting, being screamed at, things like that. So he woke, he wakes up the next morning super hungover, and uh, as soon as he wakes up, his mom bursts into the room and she's interrogating him where were you last night he's still like waking up like his head is pounding from the night before and he just hears want 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 and he starts to make out words after a little bit and he's not really responding cuz he's trying to like gain consciousness and she he finally realizes she's hey i'm speaking to you do we need to make a support call to Elon? Uh, Should we call Ron? Maybe he could help you remember the concept of respect. Answer me. I'm speaking to you. And that was the final straw. Because right there, dude, Joe blows up on his mom. I think for the first time.
2: Like, lasted a lot longer than I would have. Yeah.
3: Did he blow up last last time? I, I think he was starting to when he found out that the charges were dropped. Yeah, He was more like. Why, why, like, why did this happen? But this time, dude, he says uh, specifically, I went from zero to F- you. I hope you die.
2: Yay. He starts screaming,
3: F- you mom, honestly, you signed my life away to a cult run by complete strangers in the middle of the woods who pitted us against each other in general meetings. The ring, I had to SP crazy people dealing with the book pulled once as night owl. I was nearly killed by a new resident who sharpened up a bunch of prison shanks. I had to deal with this shit for three years. You're lucky to have a son because uh, I have every right to disown you. He yeah. threw your son away. And he says, "Now pretend you didn't know anything about what happened in Elon and you heard these like uh like SP, language terms, SP. What are you talking about? General meeting, the ring. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's quickly realizing, like, oh, this sounds crazy, So crazy." To the point where it pushes his mom into a very passive-aggressive tone. When he finishes, all she says is, are you done yelling now?
2: Oh, my gosh. mother!
3: And, incredibly, incredibly uh, discredited from uh, not only the experience, but, like, the feelings, <laughs> too. Like, uh, she, like, takes zero consideration of, like, what he's, like, how he's feeling at the moment. Just totally dismisses that. He says, I'm not trying to defend her. It's like to this day, I like boil with rage thinking about uh, these moments with my parents. But the fact of the matter is that there wasn't any mainstream knowledge about the troubled teen industry back then. And the idea that any of this was happening, particularly in a country like the USA, was a crazy tinfoil hat conspiracy. Yeah. So that's that. Uh, sometime later, skips ahead, fast forward a bit, He's driving. He's in a car that his parents bought, a used car. And uh, he's taking a leisurely drive uh, at college, taking a break from his studies. Uh, He thinks, I think my parents bought me a car. I mean, I needed one and I didn't have a job. I I didn't have any money, nothing to my name. Uh, So I, I think they bought this not really to help me out, but more to like leverage their own, like, powers as a parent almost like their position like joe we're still here to help you like we'll we'll get you a car and like what you need but like they won't listen to him so just kind of like please shut up just take this car and go to school things like that within his first couple weeks at college he gets a tattoo of the elan symbol oh he talks about it's crazy if you If somebody would have told me that shortly after graduating Elan, I'd be punching kids in the face. I'd be tatted up, chain smoking, drunk in the streets. I wouldn't have believed it, but this is what Elon turned him into. He said living on campus was weird. Lived in a building full of other guys. He said uh, the dorms reminded him a bit of Elon, obviously with um, more uh, freedom, but he said he enjoyed not being at home with his parents. Yeah. Uh he said, but of course, being in college, there were also a ton of girls, and that was terrifying. Yeah. Oh. Said their entire vibe was way different than what I was used to in Elon. And uh he went to his first mixer, freshman year, hits up this party. He's trying to be low-key, he's trying to be chill, he's trying to be uh like happy to be in this environment, uh somewhat normal, you know, or try to have a sense of normalcy. And uh he said there was a, a pretty girl that approached me and she made the first move asked where i was from and we were talking and it was a nice conversation we were talking about the music that we liked and then the next second i started explaining what the ring was
2: oh my gosh! and what
3: general meeting was And he said it was like verbal vomit, and it was uncontrollable, and it was pouring out of my mouth. And the whole time, she's politely nodding.
2: Trying to figure out how to get out of the conversation.
3: He says, I couldn't forget. I I can't forget the look on this girl's face. She was taking in all this information at this party. She was shocked uh, at the story, but mostly at just me. (laughs) When I finish, she leaves. And I saw her multiple times throughout my college career. Every time that she saw me, she turned about face and walked the other direction. Freaked out. She said, I that girl had a decent sized friend group. People seemed to know her. And she I I always felt like she kind of ratted me out or like told that experience to her friends. Cause all of her friends never talked to me either. Anytime that I did see them on campus or other parties, whatnot. not? He said I don't blame her. Uh, I just dumped this whole thing on her lap. I didn't mean to, but this was just the position I was in. He continues on with his college career and eventually runs into B. His Hol- homies, homies are homies? B, PBJ, oh, and, and, and B. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> uh, and. B Be, uh before like even doesn't even ask Joe how are you doing? He just says, "Yo, it's good to see you. Uh you want to go drop some acid?"
2: "Hell yeah, brother." Joe. I'm mean, sorry.
3: No. Actually, yeah, I think I do. That night, tripping the entire <laughs> night. He said it was the most insane experience that I've ever had and uh he's he's learning about B and his how his experience with B was very different from P. P was very much like, dude, it's so good to see you. Let's go smoke together. B was more like, let's go drop some acid. And by the end of his trip, he was like, do you want to continue this high? And he said, yeah, yeah. Let's let a joint. He's like, no, have you ever tried crystal?
1: Oh, <laughs> no. He's like,
3: do you have 20, 20 bucks? I can get some crystal right now. Grabs his 20 bucks. No. Turns around. Pays for a taxi to get home instead.
1: Oh. <laughs> Good job, Joe. Yeah. Jar is how Aussies would say it.
3: <laughs> Mo jar, jar, jar. Um, he said, Joe talks about how he tries to become more social in school, goes to all these parties, drinks a ton, because he notices when he drinks, he doesn't freak out at parties. It, like, subdues his conscience he doesn't spill like the Elon beans to anybody when this happens.
2: Uh, but Bro, that's a du- me in conspiracy theories. Bro, I was just thinking the same whenever I'm like, you don't want to hear this scary story that I just like heard.
1: <laughs> Sounds like, how's your day? How's my day? How's my day? Do you know what's happening right now? Monkeypox right <laughs> <Yeah>. now. <laughs> and I can see their face and I'm like, stop. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's like little kids when they come up to He's like, D- "Do you have games on your?" Everything's iPhone? <laughs> a
1: facade. <laughs> <laughs> do
3: you have games on your iPhone? <laughs> Everything's a lot It's like, go away! <laughs> Stop talking to me! <laughs> go find your mom. Um, starts drinking a ton. Obviously, double edged sword. Like he becomes more social and fun at, par- at parties. He's actually making friends, but uh, it doesn't help him when he's home and then by himself. Uh, waking up hungover all the time, doesn't feel well physically. So he uh he he hits up this one party. Uh this is just this is kind of anecdotal, but uh in this party, he so said there's this smoking hot girl, and she's drunk too. Music is bumping, we're bumping up next to each other, and we just start dancing, and uh, we're facing each other. And he says he looks past, at one point he looks past her, and on the other side of the room was this girl, very mysterious, smoking, all by herself, really grunge, <laughs> and uh, thought she was really attractive. And he said, I thought there was a connection there, but before I could like really like establish that connection, a tongue was down my throat. Nice. The girl in front of me, we just making that out. Happens. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> when that happens,
2: dude. Wish that would happen. I mean, what? That sucks.
3: <laughs> and um, they're making out on the dance floor, and
2: it's a pit bull song,
3: <laughs> <laughs> Mister Worldwide. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, before long, she says, "Follow me." They go upstairs. It's a house party. They find a room, they close it. He locks it, and he's like, "This is dope. It's hot, girl." We're both drunk, meaningless sex, like no connections, like super non-committal. He's like, this, this is really dope. Immediately, nope. He says, I was so damaged with PTSD. She barely made it, dude. She's already like uh, taking her clothes off. She's just in her underwear. He says, she barely made it to the edge of the bed, and I'm moving my mouth about. I need to tell you something first. (laughs) And out comes the story of Ilan.
1: Okay, this is really cool, but like, you just need to know.
3: (laughs) (laughs) It's like, and now an hour has gone by with me crying and thinking I finally made a connection with someone. Uh, And then when I realized that I looked and she's sleeping, Uh, passed out drunk. Dope to nope. (laughs) His rope. It gets, (laughs) um, it gets weirder because in the morning he wakes up and he finds, like, her belongings on the on the nightstand. She's still sleeping. And he sees she has a pack of cigarettes. He, like, grabs it and chucks it out the window. And uh, he's like, I genuinely thought that doing this was, like, a brilliant idea because I was saving her from her vices. Whoa. And... She wakes up. She starts put, putting on her clothes. She's looking. And he says, did you steal my cigarettes? And he says, yeah, babe. We're going to quit together. <laughs> and she says, listen here, you psycho. Stay away from me. And he says, come on, babe. I know it's going to be hard. <sighs> but from the hottest fire comes the strongest and brightest. And she says, stop calling me baby, you, you <laughs>
1: lunatic. <laughs> Okay, like admittedly, I'm your homie, Joe, but this is this is rough.
3: Yeah. Uh, she says, I'm so glad I didn't do anything with you.
2: Bye.
1: <laughs> oh no. Listen, loser.
2: <sighs> so it is rough. He has
1: over. to unchange his relationship status on Facebook.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it is complicated. Yeah.
3: Single again, like three hours later. Um head pounding again from his hangover. And uh that night he decided to really pumped the brakes on drinking oh. and almost going cold turkey he's like uh, like I thought this was helping obviously it's not <laughs> so joe goes home for break or uh no no a to visit? his dorm to his dorm
2: gotcha. home to elon
3: <laughs> <laughs> and someone in chat said wait so you're not supposed to dive deep into trauma on the first date
2: <laughs> i've been doing we've that all been wrong. there bro for, <laughs> for a long time then
3: um, Damn. somebody else said, I have secondhand embarrassment. <laughs> <laughs> very true. Very true. So he said, I started laying off drinking. I started spending alone time in my room more. My roommate, his best friend lived down the hall. They weren't able to get the room together, uh, just cause of, I don't know, whatever planning, but he said, this is strange, but his best friend down the hall and they lived on, like, the top floor of the dorm. Best friend down the hall, his roommate, tutor room, his roommate was kicked out because, for whatever reason, something led to another, and they found a rifle in his closet with a scope.
2: Maybe he was going to go hunting
3: And their something. Yeah, human hunting. Whoa. Because from their window in the dorm... Like they had a view of the entire school, the big courtyard where everybody hangs out and uh, they're like, this is not safe uh, and I don't want you here. So they kicked him out. I don't know if out of school, but out of that dorm room. So Joe's roommate moves in with his best friend. Cool. Joe's all by himself now. Gets the whole room to himself. Stops, stops drinking, uh, turns to weed more and turns to the internet and porn <laughs> jacking off all the time. <laughs> And uh, during his post-nut clarity, uh, he hits a major breakthrough nice. uh, uh, during his online research for Elon. He finds a website called Fornits. Not sure what that is exactly, but it sounds like it's like a, a forum of sorts. And there was a discussion board about Elon. But he talks about how there were Blatant lies laced throughout the entirety of the form. Absolutely insane, he said. It's one of the reasons I refuse to trust today's internet forums, uh, because even twenty something years ago, there were people who basically made it their job to spread as many falsehoods as possible. And even back then, everyone just believed them. He said I had just left Ilan, and here were some of the things that Ilan survivors, quote unquote, uh, were saying in these forums, as if it was gospel. Ilan was only bad in the past. Today, it's really just a summer camp. The kids ride, out, the kids ride outside on horses. I just graduated from Ilan this year, and I never saw a single general meeting while I was there. They don't do the ring anymore. They stopped after the Children of Darkness program aired, and people were believing that. It started long conversations uh, of how bad it had been back in the day. Uh, when they were in Elan and how kids today should just shut up and stop complaining. Uh, he talks about, he said, My my blood was boiling reading this shit. So I went right on the offensive. I aggressively began telling the liars to shut up and I started writing long paragraphs about how I had really just left Elan and how they were all being taken advantage of by a disinformation campaign. I was immediately attacked by groups of users who seemed to be coordinating with each other and a lot of regular users also jumped on their side because they didn't know any better. But these people didn't know how stubborn and relentless I could be.
1: <laughs> how uh, snake-like I can be. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, dude, went, the
1: original fake news, dude.
3: Went back into a corner. So I give it all right back and made them exhaust themselves trying to shut me up. And then one night, I got this in my inbox. We found you once. Do you really think... We can't do it again.
1: Just move on with your life. Terrifying. Why? Haunting. Why? I bet that would like invoke super deep feelings. And the level that they are willing to go is scary. And
2: they did find him once in the middle of New York City.
1: Easily they could find him again.
2: Yeah, he's in like some podunk Iowa right now.
1: Even though you're an adult and you're like, yo, I could fight my way out of it. There's still probably a part of you that's like, I will do anything it takes to never end up there again. That's that's my answer why.
2: Yeah.
3: Joe's wondering
1: uh is this a is this a troll? Is this a threat?
3: Like uh do they know my whereabouts now? But he said he's thinking about these things uh and this uh this private message in the inbox has got him stunned. He says by some cosmic joke a half hour after I got that message, around midnight, I heard someone shuffling around outside of my dorm. <sighs> I look out the peephole. It's some huge dude I'd never seen in my life standing right outside my door. He lifted up a fist to knock and then appeared to get second thoughts and kind of stared to, started to walk away. I watched him bizarrely go through this little ritual about three more times before I backed away to look for something to use as a weapon. Boom, boom, boom. He's freaking out. Didn't appear to be lost or drunk. Seemed very intentional. And it was really light. Boom, boom, boom. I grabbed a pair of scissors, held it behind my back, and I opened the door. uh, This dude had the, the build of a football player a lineman he didn't make direct eye contact me eye contact with me and he looked somewhere he was like looking above joe's head and he says are 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 you joe he says with the scissors gripped in my left hand and my whole body ready to slam into the door if i needed to i gave him a silent nod says hey joe i'm ezra i know it's late and i know you don't know me but someone told me that you have a two-person dorm all to yourself and i'm begging you can i move in with you I know it's late, but I can't spend one more night where they stuck me. See, I'm on the football team. Now it was a late addition to missed training camp over the summer. And it's a long story, yada, yada. And uh, uh, he gets bullied, and he quits the team. And uh, a lot of the football players hate him for whatever reason. And he says, I'm a good guy. And uh, that's how Ezra became my new roommate.
1: Ezra seems like he's going to be a good friend, like a protector. He says right after, <laughs> he says... And
3: dear reader, believe me when I tell you that I'm introducing you to this kid for a good reason.
1: <gasps> foreshadow, guys. Foreshadow.
3: <laughs> uh, a truly mind-bending reason. One I couldn't possibly have known when I let him move in
1: that night. He's gonna ride on his shoulders into a lawn, and they're gonna beat everyone up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they're gonna do the circle on everybody. Oh, circle up, everyone.
3: <laughs> so life continues. He's doing good at not drinking. But he said this uh, not drinking turned me into an even bigger weed smoker. Uh, and he said I would I would go on drives just in the backwoods, the windows down, smoking all the time. He said it was stupid. I was impaired pretty heavily a lot of the times. I justified it by being in the backwoods with not a lot of people on the roads with me. Uh, I wasn't like in a busy city interstate. But uh, yeah, it was just this place to escape except for one time where he definitely was not alone on the road said I was being followed and turn after turn after turn, the same car was mirroring his actions. says, I'm in the middle of nowhere in these woods and this car was staying right on my tail. It's like, it wasn't a cop car. It wasn't any standard undercover cop car that i had learned to look out for uh he said i i didn't see i could see through their windows enough to see like the silhouettes and i couldn't see any like hidden lights behind the the windshield uh so if this wasn't the cops who was this you know so uh, uh following me so closely behind uh there's a turn coming up and joe doesn't really slow down acts like he's going straight But last minute, whips his wheel to the right and makes that turn. His heart is racing as he's going down that new road that he turned onto. He's looking in his rear view mirror to see if that person turned suddenly like he did. And to his relief, this car drives right past. (sighs) Let's out a long exhale. His heart rate is slowing down. So he turns into somebody's driveway Three point, turns back out, heads back that direction, drives a little slower to let some time pass, comes around the bend, says I couldn't believe what I saw. The chase car had illegally driven in reverse to get back to the crazy turn I'd made, and was now making their own turn to follow, but of course my car was now facing theirs. Can they see who's driving? And just to take away any shred of doubt, they hit the gas and swerved into my lane to make sure that I didn't try to zip past them. The car faced me in my lane, blocking me. This was very, very bad. So they stop, no uh nose to nose, facing each other. He just makes out a silhouette and a hand reaches out of the car and puts a blue light on top. It is a cop. <sighs> Cop gets out. He's freaking out because of the drugs that he has in his car. <laughs> his pipe, it's fresh, it's smoking still. So he does something that he was told not to do. And he stashes his pipe in the door and he gets out instead of
1: stays in the car.
3: He gets out and he closes the car. He said, this actually saved saved me.
1: Risky move, yeah, brother. A-
3: apparently in that state, I forgot what state he's in again or if college is in a different state from his home. But he said, apparently in this, uh, in this situation, like cops can search your car if you're not in it. Mm. So me getting out of the car, the, he said, the dude looked flustered. And I wondered if it was because, uh, I got out of the car and he couldn't search me anymore. Um, apparently a lot of kids get caught in the, in the backwood here for smoking, uh, for drinking and driving. But now that I was out of my car, he couldn't really do anything about it. So uh, that was that experience. (laughs) Um, School year is coming to a close, and he meets a bunch of friends. The first one is Randall. Randall is an Elan graduate. Don't know how they met, but they did, and they became friends. They knew each other in Elan and never, like, did anything to harm the other or spite the other. So they were always on, like, at least acquaintance terms. And that's, even that is, like, a very good thing in Elan. So they connect and uh, they become friends. First time Randall sees him, he's like, dude, I can't believe it. It's you. It's it's you, Joe. Like, uh, it's weird, but it's good to see you. While they're together, they meet up a couple times, they hang out, and they talk about, like, uh, other graduates, a lot of them who have met unfortunate endings. Oh. Uh, some who have. I'm sure, like, taken their own life. Yep, taken their own life, thank you. Drugs. Uh, Yep, and uh, got sent to jail, things like that. They're naming these people by name and, and thinking about them and just their whole experience, and they have each other to, like, reminisce on this experience uh randall was like a happy dude it seemed like and they're hanging out at uh they're hanging out at his dorm they're smoking they're drinking eating pizza uh they're watching the football game they're just hanging out when randall gets a phone call he answers okay i'll be right there hangs up Looks at joe says come with me they walk into another dorm building went up some steps entered into a dorm party Randall, without saying a single word, brutally attacks another kid who didn't seem to know what was going on. That kid got hit hard, like ambulance hard. (coughs) So they run away from the party. They get back to Randall's place. Randall's changing his uh, blood splattered shirt. His fists are all bruised and bloodied as well. And uh, Joe's like, what just happened? And he said his knuckles were still dripping with blood. He's like, oh, that guy was just harassing this girl I know. Next day, Randall gets kicked out of college. And he, he shares that experience because uh, just like… The brutality. Like, Elon made this kid. Yeah. Like,
1: he was a happy kid. The line is gone. And he's like,
3: yeah. And in some ways, like, I'm like that too, you know, or in very similar ways. <laughs> um, he meets other kids. He meets this rich kid, uh, Bill i think they call him silent bill uh who just goes on these drives with him and smokes and like doesn't say a word <laughs> like they just hang out jay in- and
1: silent bob yeah
3: and, <laughs> hey, it's uh, jay
1: <gasps> have you ever heard of jay and silent bob Mm-mm. it's uh i don't know it comes from it's an old movie it's two characters they're really dope jay and silent bob but he literally is jay and silent, and silent bill. bob yeah bill sorry Fun
3: no, no, fact. no! You're good. You're good. Um, <laughs> wait, stick with me. It, it get it, it gets crazy again. It picks up again. Silent Bill invites him to like spring break, uh, just to hang out at his place. Like his dad, unbeknownst to Joe, until they get there, because Joe agrees to go home with him for spring break and just hang out. They live uh, right outside of some. He, he says some beach town right outside of L.A. So I'm thinking like Malibu big-ass mansion i think bill's an only child and his dad is like just this uh big wig dude in hollywood a socialite just a very very connected and he said while we were there we ate at like the nicest restaurant i've been to to date in my entire life we walk into the restaurant as soon as they see us They walk to, like, six of the tables in the middle of the restaurant, the nicest part of the restaurant, and they tell all those people to go sit somewhere else. (laughs) And they sit us right in the middle. We get there, and the head chef himself walks out, says, don't worry about ordering. We already have, like, your, whatever, 82-course meal uh, (laughs) coming to you right now. And uh, Bill's dad just, like, brushes it off like it's nothing.
1: Yeah, this is normal.
3: Yeah, this is normal. Yeah, uh, he's just thinking like this is a, such a crazy life that I'm living right now, <laughs> um, like with this kid who's like very uh, un unassuming, and now we're like dining at the nicest restaurant. Again, I think that's a little anecdotal. Unless that uh, I I wonder if I should share some of these stories or not because sometimes they like come what into will come back. Yeah, like Bill might have a bigger uh, like more important role in the future, but that was spring break. Comes back. And uh, he's hanging out with Eva. Eva is the chick at the party, the mysterious chick that he sees oh, on the other side the of the room one? way back. And uh, he writes in the comic, he's like, oh yeah, I forgot to tell you guys that uh, Eva and I are dating. <laughs> nice. So he uh, he has this relationship. He has a girlfriend um, and she's cool. Very troubled, but cool. And she's crazy. Finally, uh, One night, she's like, let's just do something with just us tonight. He's excited. He's playing it cool. Shows up to her place. He says, I felt like my dreams were coming true. She was alone in her dorm room. He asks, what are are we going to do tonight? She says, well, we're going to have a party together all night long. She takes out this unlabeled bottle of pills. She opens it and dumps all of it on the desk. He's playing it cool. He wants to impress her. He's like, just... Uh, love struck by this girl. Uh, he said, how many should I take to start? She says, uh, probably 12.
1: Are these
2: no aspirin? Dude, no <laughs> ex- <laughs> these <Smarties. laughs> are, are
3: these uh, Flintstone gummies? Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's, he says, without hesitation, he takes 12. Holy dude. Hell, dude. He says, I was in love with this girl. I didn't ask any questions. I just took it. Wow. He said, immediately after. That is dumb. He watches her count 1 two, three, 16 17 18 takes 18 pills handful just throws it in her mouth cocks her head back takes it all down
2: it's impressive though 18 pills at once
3: she said let's uh let's let's ramp this up let's go for a quick drive and smoke uh and <laughs> wait for this to kick in and it's like all right <laughs> Uh, He said, within 10 minutes hitting the road, I felt a wave hit my whole body and it was powerful. Uh, He said, Luckily, I'm not a complete idiot. And some bit of survival instinct kicked in. Pulls a U turn. He says, I'll be right back. Pulls over, goes into his dorm, runs to the bathroom, shoves his entire hand down his throat, and throws everything up into the toilet. Uh, He says, This whole experience describes like my relationship with Eva, like what our relationship looked like. It was a like crazy, thing, a real drug addict obsessed with getting very uh, into very serious and dangerous situ- situations. That's what, that's who she was. And he talks about, I wonder if my time in Elan pushed me towards girls who are like that, like pure agents of chaos for themselves. Uh, he said, those were the girls that I sought for a long time after Elan. Eva had real demons, and so did I. Maybe that's why we got uh, got along so well. Goes to bed. Next morning, wakes up, and Ezra, big football player roommate, he's uh, sitting in the middle of the floor. He has this book, and Joe realized, sees Ezra with this book all the time and always wanted to ask him about it, but didn't. It's a weird, nondescript book. No artwork, nothing on the covers, almost like a journal. But there was print on the inside, so it wasn't a journal. Ezra just talks about how he's like in such a weird place in his life and feels like he doesn't belong. Anyway, through these small little weird conversations with Ezra, he says, like, he says Ezra's weird, and that's uh, saying a lot coming from me. <laughs> uh, but from these small conversations with Ezra, I realized that he's just uh, dealing with a lot of shit like I am, like silently. So I just like loved him, regardless of what he was going through. He said, a couple of days later, it appeared that my luck had finally run out. First thing in the morning, there was a loud banging on the door, like how the cops knock. And the doorknob started turning crazy, like someone trying to force their way in. Open up, or we'll break the door down. Bro, chill. Ezra and I both jumped out of bed. Daddy
1: chill. Daddy (laughs) chill. What
3: the hell even is that? What the hell even is that? Ezra looks at me. I look at him. We just start making out. No. uh, um, Go on and kiss the girl. (laughs) He's looking just as scared as me. And I run to the closet and grab a bat that's stashed away. I told him, I whispered to him, go and grab something to protect yourself as well. As he's saying that, we know you're in there, Joe, and you're coming back to uh, to Maine with us.
2: No. Okay. Are you for real? Yes. Holy frick, dude. What the? F-
3: he says, my body sparked up with adrenaline and I grabbed Ezra. I pulled him down to look right in my eyes and told him that I needed him to help me fight the death for my f-ing life. He must have seen the fear of God in my face because he nodded and bunched his fists up.
1: Let's go, brother. I suddenly like-
3: there was laughter coming from the door it seemed maniacal
2: oh my God.
3: flawless victory come on now joe i really hope i got the right dorm i look through the peephole p or b threw open the door holy shit it's gino,
2: gino. what the <laughs> frick? Gino? it's
3: like yo joe you missed me or what i was about to kill
1: you <laughs> <laughs> Go to the uh, corner.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Joe says he hugs him like a long lost brother. I don't care how you found me, how he got there and lived very far away from me. So this Gino was the one person Find you though. He said this was the one person that never betrayed me in Elon.
1: Bro, Ezra's just sitting there like, do we kill this guy? Like,
3: <laughs> he said, this was the one person who had never betrayed me in lawn and everything else he had done for me there had kept me sane and able to reach that final graduation I'd never forgotten about Gino
2: a real one
3: immediately gina's face changes and he gets serious oh my god he says i'm not kidding though joe i'm parked right outside are you ready to go to maine we're gonna burn this thing down wait what he says are you ready to go to mother f- maine because joe my boy it's payback time
1: oh let's go. Blah, blah.
3: And I think I'm going to call it. (laughs) I I have more notes and I could go on. You tease. uh, Yeah, dog. I think I'm going to call it. No, that's a good spot.
2: They're going to go full on Home Alone. Just burn to the ground. Yeah. they in an Elon bind.
1: They're going to fork. Oh,
2: Frank, dude.
1: Chill on that. Uh, what's the thing? Like heart attack them or something? <laughs> Put plastic forks in, there.
2: What? in their lawn? What
1: <laughs> Wild. Hmm.
3: <sighs> Crazy. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Reading it, I'm not getting tired of all these like different subversions. No, me neither. Because <laughs> it's like, that's what's going on through his psyche. Yeah. Like living his day to day. Any car is Elon.
1: <laughs> yeah. Any yeah.
3: stranger passing
1: him, giving him a side high side eye is Elon. I'm just waiting you know? for it to fall. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like when is he gonna get grabbed and thrown into a van?
2: Or when is Elon going up in yeah. fall or yeah, like a actual uprising?
1: Ooh.
3: Yeah. So that's that. We'll continue next week with more Elon. <laughs>
1: cool. <laughs> Dude, this is so nice. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I just got to sit here and listen. Yeah. I'm just,
2: I'm, <laughs> I'm just, not mad.
3: I, I yeah. I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to feed the content because y'all waited a year for it. So, <laughs> dude, thank you. You're man. really getting along because uh, y'all wanted it that bad.
1: <laughs> and we could all get along. <laughs> dude, thanks, man. That was wild. Yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome.
2: I say we close. So, Let's, I have a story tonight that I am going to briefly preface for you. You said this was time sensitive and I have 1 to 2 more weeks of relevance so I'm going to share it another time. <sighs> but it is in media right now on historical events Amber Heard that led to a multiple homicide. True events that I will be talking about next time. Okay. So I'm just gonna pepper little bit. What is called? Who's Under the banner of heaven? Oh.
1: oh. Okay. Jeez Louise. Is it heavy?
2: It's heavy. It is heavy. And so I'll give you the trigger warning next time. Crazy. But the reason it's I'd say two more weeks of relevance is because the show is still going, like releasing episodes. Cool. Oh. And they release one this week, and next week is their last episode. However, I already know what happens. So is also going to be filled with spoilers for you too. So if you probably a good idea to wait,
1: honestly though, yeah, it might be good to wait. Uh, if you don't know what under the banner of heaven is, it's a true crime series that just came out on Hulu that takes place in pleasant Grove, Utah
2: and other parts of Utah. Right. Yeah. Um, but is deeply like Utah culture at the time. 1984 is when it happened. And um, Mormonism culture at the time as well. And so I'll be digging into that a little bit more. And I mean, it's probably a better idea to share after the whole thing is dropped. It's like because, it's all working like, out. Even dude. though it has happened 40 years ago, I don't want to give you guys spoilers. I literally so. have no idea what happened. So <laughs> yeah, crazy. But, yeah, no, it, it's been a very entertaining watch, I must say. So, like, if you want to follow up and then just get my story at the end of it, then. Go and watch it. But if you want it just straight from me, don't watch it. And I'll tell you about it. Cool. It's called Under the Banner
3: of Heaven. It's on Hulu.
2: Yeah. Yes. So people are asking in chat. Or If it's
3: too heavy, would it be okay to share on Twitch?
1: Um, you know what? Yes. The policy we're doing is ask for permission later. Well, <laughs> I for was going to. There you go.
2: <laughs> censor some of the heavier themes. Yeah, we can, we can uh, work it. Yeah, around. yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not censored. Just be more like uh, uh, less descriptive, okay. if you will.
1: Pack Attack brings up a point we've talked about. It's a Pleasant
2: Grove the place. Okay, so actually.
1: Was the Pleasant Grove.
2: Yes, was Pleasant, Pleasant Grove. Grove. The
3: place where you had the ghosts in the gym in Jay's Journal.
2: The story for Under the Banner of Heaven is actually American Fork, though. Oh, okay. That's so right next so to it. It's right it, totally. next to it, but like. Just for clarity, because there are some also uh, historic inaccuracies in the show oh, that cool. I was going to cover as well. Dope. I love those. But like, I think some of them are intentional. Oh, So, cool. Anyways. Very interesting. Very excited. Yep. Wild. Anyways, that's it for me.
3: I think that does it for us. We'll, let's record bonus another time. Sounds good. Get that out with all of this. But anyway. Thank you all for uh, for tuning in. Uh, we love you all. Thank you for the support. Merch orders going out this week, if you haven't bought.
1: We had two orders during the recording of this episode coming. Really? Yeah. Let's go. Um, very cool. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you, everyone out there. Seriously. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For For your continued support. It's been fun. And we're leveling up. And it's getting better and better. And opportunities are becoming more real. So it's really cool of all of you. <laughs> for real.
3: Next stream will likely be next week, Monday. We switch recordings to Mondays now, so that's generally when we're doing it, and episodes will come out
1: by the end of the week. So, yep. We yeah. shoot for Mondays at 7.30 Mountain Time.
2: Yeah, so yeah. it'll be late for you East Coasters, but it's worth it. Yeah, there you go.
1: Yeah. Until next week, trust your God, watch your back. Bye, love you, be safe.
2: Be careful out there.
3: Tristan, goodbye. <laughs> okay, oh, see
2: you guys. <laughs> Love y'all. Bye. Bye bye. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of 3 AM. If you want to support us, visit our Patreon, where patrons have access to exclusive content. If you're not able to support us monetarily, don't worry. This episode is on us. You can still rate and review us on whatever platform you listen to us on. It really does go a long way. You can also follow us on social media. Our handle everywhere, including Patreon, is the 3 AM Pod. Finally, do you have any scary stories? If so, submit them to our website, The3AMPodcast.com. We love any audio or visual aids that can help bring your stories to life. So, file uploads are welcome with your written submissions. We're anxious and excited to hear from you.
1: Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5 Hour Energy.
3: It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now, get 20% off when you use code 5HETravel at 5HourEnergy.com expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5hourenergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save
2: 20%. I'm an
1: American vigilante. I have a question for you. What would you do